You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Roach. This is season 10, episode three. Jess Ray is a singer-songwriter and music producer from Raleigh, North Carolina. Her particular musical brand has been affectionately dubbed as Friendly Folk and is an enchanting blend of indie pop vibes and lyric-driven sensibility. Jess's decade-long musical journey has weaved in and out of Christian spaces, mainstream circles, from house concerts to historic venues like the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee and from solo shows to sharing the stage with her heroes. Her music, much like herself, occupies two worlds effortlessly. Intensely spiritual, yet deeply real, her songs soar with joy and hope without ignoring the reality of our human struggle. In this episode, I talk with Jess about her new album, Born Again, and the creative process behind the songs. In keeping with season 10's theme of restoration for the heart of the artist, Jess and I also discuss how her experience with deconstruction and the prospect of reconstruction impacted her songwriting and how she found a place to land even amidst the tensions of unresolved. Patrons of the podcast can enjoy an unedited version of this conversation at patreon.com slash makersandmystics. This is my conversation with singer-songwriter Jess Ray. Jess, it's so good to reconnect with you and to finally have you on the Makers and Mystics podcast. I am glad to be here, Stephen. Thank you so much for the invite. It's about time. I know. <laughs> it's like a club I wanted to get into and finally someone let me in. So You're in the cool club. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm in the cool club getting to have you on the show. So this is awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, the last time we connected, I believe, was when you performed at one of our hybrid digital analog attempts at the Breath in the Clay post-COVID. <laughs> totally. But now... It seems like you're getting to get back out in the world and you've got a new album out. It looks like you're starting to do some touring again, too. So how's that going for you? Yeah, it's all been uh, quite a journey. There's no doubt that it's been a weird couple of years for everybody. Um, Anyone who does entertainment, anyone who does like travels for their job, all of that just got scrambled. So we were just trying to make the most of the past few years. So I have numerous friends with COVID even in the past few weeks, but it's like whatever about our systems and our structures of life are just reopening regardless or whatever. So it has just been an interesting couple of months as we're like, we're just going to go for it and keep, I don't know, stuff's just moving on, opening up. So yeah, I'm grateful for it. Grateful for new opportunities. And, you know, I think me and other artist friends got the wind knocked out of us a little bit the past few years. So I think I feel like I'm maybe coming out of that. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I'm hopeful and excited. Me too, my friend. And speaking of being excited, I'm excited to talk with you today about your new album, Born Again. Yeah. Tell me what inspired you to make this record and tell me what it's all about. The songs on this record came from this season of like pretty much beginning of 2020 to now. And 
I don't know. I think what's so interesting about this season, I keep trying to describe it as like, it was like a bunch of things were on this like dead set course to collide at one point. And just they always were going to collide in 2020. And it's just not, it's not just COVID. I think COVID like challenged or, or created kind of this test. <laughs> I don't know. It's an awful thing. I wish it didn't exist, but it's like, it's just one thing actually, you know, but you've got all in that year, it was like our history of racism in this nation, mm. like the extreme materialism, the advances of technology. There's just all these factors that all were going to collide at once. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like the toppling of all of our idols has happened. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, I think it's just been heartbreaking and just something that as a believer, you have to wrestle with a ton, just like what the church is going through right now is probably the thing I, I'm I'm most like spend a, most of my time thinking and, and working through is is what it is to be a believer these days as as so much is shifting, so much is being exposed. You know, is this a time to go like, I'm out, you know, I don't want to be a part of this anymore, uh, mm-hmm. to tear it all down? Is it a time to go like, man, there's like major things that need to be acknowledged, dealt with, revised, reformed, revived in the church, you know, but it's still a good thing to be a part of. So I would say there's like what's happening in the world, there's what's happening in the church, and then there was what was happening in me internally, mm-hmm. which uh, on a personal note, I had been leading worship for 10 years with basically no Sunday off. Wow. I had been a part of a mega church that uh, was fracturing, had fractured numerous times while we were a part of it. So on a personal level, I'm working through just crazy burnout, watching burnout produce such tragic stories in the families and friends around me. And really being offered this opportunity to like slow down and learn, you've got to choose a different path or it will be you as well. Mm-hmm. And so from internally all the way out to like world events, it's been a very significant couple of years, probably for everyone. Yes. And so Born Again is really just offering numerous of those categories in song form from personal like pace of life. So the song Place to Land is just about just this, you know, inundated with information, trying to run a pace that's just impossible. And then hearing this call out of that from Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's numerous songs kind of like that. There's a number of songs just dealing with deconstruction, reconstruction, reconstruction of faith, political, social homelessness, which is something I've really experienced having a very diverse swath of friends and family all over the map on different things. So it's a collection of songs that hopefully, I think some people are just, it's not even going to matter to them. Like it'll just kind of, they don't know what, they won't know what I'm talking about. And I think other people, I'm I'm really sure it will be a lifeline for them. Mm-hmm. It's going to matter to certain people and maybe other people won't even care about this album. And I think I don't, <laughs> I, I'm so on purpose about it that I, I'm like, I know who I'm talking to. They're going to get it and everyone else, that's fine. That's good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. So goes the nature of art, right? You know? Right. Yeah. That's the beauty of it is the um, best art. intention yeah. and ambiguity. Yeah. Yes. Right. I think it was Madeline Engel that said, bad art is bad religion, you know? Totally. And so that's one thing I love about what what you're saying here is that some people may get it, some people may not, but here's my offering from the last two years. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, I've just finished reading Walking on Water by Madeline Engel. Oh, yeah. And 
I, I mean, numerous, numerous friends, artist friends, go, like, I just feel like I'm super late to the club on that. And man, it was, it was so good. Yes. So good. Very, very challenging in the best way. Well, let's lean into this topic of deconstruction, reconstruction a bit, because that seems to be a theme through some of these songs. Tell me how that plays out in your music on this album. Well, it's been just a reality of my my life. Uh, I think a lot of people, it's like, it is the waters we're swimming in these days, especially people my, my age or demographic or whatever. Had a lot of friends questioning and walking away from faith. And I, th- I would say like that's helped me to, it's, it's been tough, but it, just to ask a lot of questions as well. And then I would say like the, the, the church hurt and other things is normally a factor or it's often a factor for people. And I've experienced that as well. So, you know, doing this long enough, you realize just being raised Christian in the 90s, early 2000s, you kind of get a framework. You know, we had a pretty you know, lifeway style <laughs> framework for Christianity that maybe I would say there is good in that. I keep walking kind of in the middle of this of like, I don't, I don't actually agree with just throwing absolutely everything out. And I think there was, there was a lot of good, but I think walking through just the painful things in life, realizing, oh, there's, there's not really, I didn't, I wasn't given really a structure for this part of being a Christian. Thankfully the historical church has a lot of structure for that, but the 90s, 2000s American Christian, evangelical Christian bubble didn't really fully prepare people for for suffering, for things not going the way that, you know, they're hoping and stuff like that. Anyway, so I would say factors in my own life, friends, uh, helping me to ask really good questions lately. And I think what's what's been sweet is even being raised Christian, it's actually just now that I've been... Uh, uncovering like a deeper truth that of like the beauty of Christianity mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that the story of Jesus Christ and and really what that story has done to planet earth. I understand that there's a long list of, of stuff we have to reckon with, but understanding that the story is so much longer and so much different than the Western white American version of Christianity, there's a really long, beautiful, global 2000 year old story here mm-hmm. that while I'm, you know, it still takes faith to even believe it. Uh, I believe that it, what it offers both the world and the human heart is so valuable and really should just be contended with as an, as a really legit option. Mm-hmm. And it's just now <laughs> that I'm really kind of digging deep enough to really get at the roots of that and realize, I think I actually believe this is a really good thing to give my life to. This story, this, like I've got to work through the the complicated pieces. That's always going to be part of it. But yeah, I feel like seeing kind of the course of deconstruction, the taking things apart, I was saying this to someone, I think in the best cases, deconstruction can just be people from inside the evangelical bubble calling for reformation. Mm-hmm. I think the worst case is it can be really surly jaded ex-Christians who just want to burn everything down. And I think that's not a, (laughs) it's not a fruitful tree. Sure. It just, it's a dead end Um, that I, I, you can see, it's kind of like, it's kind of sexy for the first year when you're just like, I have no rules in my life. I can think whatever I want to think, but I like now seeing it five, six, seven years 
down the path of some people's lives and and kind of the wreckage it leaves when you just have no rules in your life. Yeah. It's not really sexy anymore to me, to be honest. And so what's sexy is reconstructing. It's like having some healthy boundaries, realizing I'm a person with a soul and the same things that apply to my body apply to my soul. That it's like, if I eat whatever I want with my body, I'm not going to feel good. I'm not going to look the same way, you know? And I think with the soul, we've somehow adopted some other mentality that like to pursue everything with no limits is good for us. And that's just as untrue as it, as it is for our, our bodies. And so I don't know. So I'm kind of moving back towards what it is to reconstruct and trying to, I think this album is really just trying to offer some people some songs along that journey. If they're like, I think I want to keep sticking it out with God. Well, tell me specifically about the song At Your Mercy, because lyrically, it seems to really sum up what you're talking about here with deconstruction and reconstruction. And it also dovetails in with what we're talking about on the podcast this season, being restoration and what it means to exist in the splice or in between two polarities. The opening lyrics say, looks like the middle ground is getting swallowed up. Am I in or out, going with you or not? So tell me more about At Your Mercy. Yeah, it's the fourth song on the record. I would say it's the most personal one. It was the one when I was having such fractures and just questions in this deep place of doubt and like heaviness. This is the song I would sing to myself just to get myself into the day Mm -hmm. or out of a total funk. And then I had a demo of it and I showed it to a few people and I just had numerous people go, I don't know what it is about this song but I played it like 30 times today. It was just keeping me okay, you know? Like it was that kind of mantra for people. And it's interesting because in the pre-chorus, I'm asking the question, what will win in the end, love or questions? And essentially I'm trying to get at like, will my questions be too heavy for my love for God? Or is my love for God enough to overcome Mm -hmm. even just the questions that I have? And then the chorus is meant to sound like a trust fall into the mystery of God, where it's just saying, into your hands I commit my spirit, into your arms I surrender all. That song, I feel like, it doesn't necessarily wrestle with the details of deconstruction. It's a, it's a song for someone who's going, even still, I'm gonna give myself to this. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna give myself again to this. It's a song that can facilitate that heart cry for people. in my own life, just determining I can hold the mystery in relationship or I can hold the mystery outside of relationship. And I think the better choice is to hold the mystery within relationship. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about deconstruction, it's always made sense to me. I don't know, maybe it's because I didn't necessarily grow up in the church. I kind of came to faith in a very unorthodox way, but parsing out the difference between the systems that organize the message. Totally. You know, separating the system from the message and from the person of Jesus without totally destroying some of the traditions 
that still have life and beauty in them. And I guess that's yep. maybe some of the questions going on right now is like, what part of this still has life? What part of this still has beauty? What part of this still holds value in in the context of where my life is right now? And so I think, again, holding mystery in relationship, whether that's mm-hmm. relationship with God or with one another, yep. as opposed to holding mystery outside of relationship is yeah. kind of the way I, I, I think about it. Spot on. Yeah, that's great language, helpful language for that. I want to ask you something about you as an artist, because again, this season on the podcast, we're talking about restoration for the heart of the artist. Yeah, We're talking about deconstruction and reconstruction. And I know that some creative processes look destructive mm. at the beginning. Like if you're demoing a house, you got to tear down some walls before you can, you can see the bigger room. But for you, who has been a songwriter for many years, what are some of the practices that you either aspire to or some that maybe you're already implementing in your life that set you up for longevity and health, both in your art and in your faith? Yeah. Oh man, that's a great question. I think some of these songs came out of trying to build a habit of quiet mornings and diligent, just go back to that song and try a little bit more. I think for so long, my songwriting, because I have had these songs that just come out in 30 minutes, I've written the whole thing. And, and, and it's the one that everyone talks about, you know? And I just, I think I start to get this idea that like lightning's going to strike and that's how I get a good song. And, you know, just wait for the, the magic moment kind of thing. Not that that doesn't still happen. I think it does sometimes still for me. But like building this other like balanced side of just like, yeah, but every morning that you can get up, talk to God about what is most pressing. That's been another thing is just if this relationship or this problem is just weighing on me, don't try to go like, let's put that aside and give your whole heart to Jesus and like focus. Don't let that thing distract you. Like it's been so helpful to go, here is everything I feel right now. There's no way out of this other than to bring it to you and just start from there. And sometimes it just means I need to like read scripture. Sometimes it means I just need to sit there and look at some trees. I don't know, just sit on the porch, you know, like just be quiet. Sometimes I really feel like, oh, I feel like I want to write something. And so just, I think it's just the diligence of not always waiting for magic to happen and just growing up as an artist and just diligently crafting something. And so I think some of the songs came from learning more of a habit of that over the past few years, which I still am benefiting a lot from, from really trying to create boundaries around my time so that I have quiet mornings with room to be creative as often as possible. Thanks for sharing what you're streaming, all the books that you've been reading. There is some good there. I won't deny it, say I'm above it, then I'd be lying, but my brain is... One thing about who I am and what I do, I'm a songwriter, but I love producing records. But it's a complicated thing to have both skills, because I think too often I've not allowed myself to express freely before I'm the other side of me 
is critiquing what I'm making mm-hmm. and setting too often it's not allowing full creative expression without this criticism of how it should shape up you know for the official thing yes one of the things we did for this record that I think you can hear so clearly in it is we just made a mess first mm-hmm. we just tried so many different things as far as how we were sampling things how we were play going about the vocals how we were going about like really a lot of the soundscape of it we just added way too much to the picture from the get-go and just like nothing was really off limits like to the point some of the stuff was just weird <laughs> like, I think that's I, why I, I love even some like, of the yeah yes I would sit there going like I don't know and then we I can't remember what was it, it was like is that like funny in a cool way or is that funny in like a funny way? Because <laughs> we would just laugh like, oh, that's super weird. And then all of a sudden we would be so attached to this weird sound that was coming in at this point. And I really have to attribute Mason's self is the, he was the drummer and guy who did like, I don't know, like tons of this programming and sampling and like synths on it. Mm-hmm. And we just really let him go crazy on this and just let it happen. And then it's like, you have all the time you need after that to rein it in and I think that's what made it so special Mm -hmm. you just kind of had to sit and listen to it part of what I love about your album is the experimental nature that I feel in it. And it's like, I can see that you guys spent time with the process. And I think that's even part of what I was saying earlier about bad art being bad religion. You know, it's like, don't always take the first exit ramp to a creative solution. Don't be afraid to let things hang out in the nebulous for a bit without a resolve. Sometimes we are so quick to want to resolve a creative problem in our writing or in our music or our art that we can take a well-worn path because we need that sense of resolve when we're creating. But some of what you said made me think, let the creative process reveal itself to you. Totally. You know, sometimes it may be that a song shows up in your lap from beginning to end, fully formed. You don't have to do much to it at all. And then there are other times that you get a little seed that you have to plant and you have to nurture. And I was thinking like, sometimes inspiration is a discipline and sometimes uh, it can be that lightning bolt. Allowing yourself to figure out what doesn't work is just as important as landing on what does work. I think Edison made 999 light bulbs that didn't work before he found the one that gave us electricity. Yeah. And so I love that. Experimentation either shows you what isn't the way or it's going to reveal a hidden path in the woods that you didn't see and it's going to lead everybody, you as the writer and then your audience as the listeners, it's going to lead us to a new experience. Yeah. So good. I love that you're resonating with that. And that was, I mean, that's really a lesson that I needed to learn. Like I was taking myself way too seriously. Like, and feeling that every creative step had too much weight to it, where it's just like, oh, this is like make or break. And it's like, (laughs) relax, you know, just enjoy this, you know? And like, we'll figure it out, like calm down. 
that's what I learned through this whole process. <laughs> it's been good for me. Tell me about the song Place to Land and this ridiculously cool music video that you made to go along with it. So the song Place to Land really is, you know, uh, verse one is like, I wake often in a whirlwind to the chaos of the day, pulled in opposite directions, tell me there's another way. And then kind of the chorus is going to this because I need a peaceful pasture. I need a steady hand. You are the one I'm after. You are my place to land. So you've got these verses that really show the hurry, the chaos that we all live in. And then this pulling of like, but I could come out of that. But I think what we felt in the writing of the song is that there's never a life where you're getting fully free of that. We've got to figure out how to live in this modern age but at a different pace. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've come to fully be convinced that we could have a revolutionary influence on the world if believers would actually go the pace of Jesus mm. and be this, like, what's different about you? And maybe it's just literally the pace that you go with your life and the values you keep being the thing that makes people go, what is it about, you know? But unfortunately, we've seen the church and Christians be as frenzied and you know, materialistic and just celebrity obsessed and hurried and rushed as anybody else. So I guess, yeah, in the song, we we're trying to embody the idea that this is just going to be a reality, but we are invited to live a different way inside of it. So even in the way that it's produced, there's this busyness to even what's being played in the music and stuff like that. But then this pull out of that is something beautiful. So with the video, which we teamed up with this, this husband and wife team, Seth and Jenna, and they, they run Wonder Film Co. And we really tried to embody that same sentiment in the video. So what you've got in kind of the verses are more of these scenes, this super white contrasted setting. Really try to just, you know, like the first scene, I'm just like pacing around, kind of anxious, all of that. And then Kyle's family, they live on a farm, 28 acres out south of Raleigh. And so we went out there and we just got all the footage for the, like the peaceful part of it and there's just this sense of it going like back and forth and then probably my favorite part was we rented this studio with this white wall and everything and somewhere in the back of it we find this old tv that actually still works and so that's what's on the second the second verse which i think is probably one of the more meaningful most meaningful sections of the video is just the tv kind of symbolizing our obsession with screens it was cool because they had like all these interesting like ways that I was interacting with the TV. So definitely check that out. That was, that was super fun. It's really just meant to like feel the tension of those two things fighting against one another and the call that we have to live a different way. The one I'm after, you are my place to land. Well, Jess, thank you so much for spending some time with me on Makers and Mystics today. I love the new record. For yeah, sure. I love what you're doing. I'm so happy to reconnect. Yeah, and Stephen, I'm super grateful for all that you do. And uh, like I said, I love a lot of the people that you hang with and that you get to talk with. Like, I look up to all you guys. So just being invited on this today is uh, means a lot to me. So thank you. And thank you for listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. See the show notes to this episode for links to Jess Ray's music and to the Makers and Mystics Creative Collective. Give us a follow on Instagram at Makers and Mystics. And until next week, keep creating. 
the world needs your art.